0: Welcome to the Authentic Deb Podcast. I'm Debbie, and I'm your host for All Things Authentic. This podcast exists to bring people just like yourself from all over the world to share our stories, laugh at ourselves, and encourage each other along the way. Get ready to laugh, cry, and be empowered, but most of all to be you, because being you is enough. thank you for joining us for another episode of the Authentic Deb podcast. Today I have Elizabeth with us. She's joining us from Houston, Texas, and we might talk about a little bit of yoga and whatever else comes up. So Elizabeth, thank you for coming to the show. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us what you're
1: about. Thank you for having me, Deb. Let's see. What am I about? Well, I do yoga. I teach a yoga class once a week over at the Y. um, Like we were talking before the show, Um, they pay me a few dollars and uh, it's a lot of fun. I have a really large class and they show up for me every week. So it's kind of very validating. Um, In addition to yoga, let's see. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have grown children. I am a corporate uh, I work in a company, um, during the day, I always call that my day job. Um, a lot of my yoga students ask me, um, do you teach more classes? You should do this more. And I said, no, you know, I have a day job and it pays more than yoga. Although <laughs> yoga is a whole lot more fun. <laughs> so the day job pays the
0: bill, but the yoga is more of a passionate
1: thing. Yeah. I've actually been doing yoga for probably 20 years now. It's just it's just kind of my thing. I really enjoy it. It, um, it's good exercise, but it's also a way to kind of chill out and, um, just get my mind off of anything that, you know, I Just when I focus on the yoga for an hour, it's just very relaxing. It's a very nice downtime. Um, but because you're busy moving and things like that, you know, it's just easier for me to kind of still my mind and get some peace. It's just a real nice, um, just something that I've, I've really enjoyed quite a bit over the years.
0: You know, I've always thought of yoga as something for thin people, probably because I'm not. And it's, it's harder for me to move. And so I definitely want to ask you a question about that. But really, I want to go back. I understand the stilling your mind and that type of thing. How did you, I guess, two questions. How did you get involved in yoga? And for you, do you see yoga as a melding of the spiritual and the physical? Or I I, I believe some people are like, usually, sometimes when you say yoga, they're like, ooh, you know. uh, but I know it's both, at least I believe that it's both, but just kind of unpack for us a little bit like how, how you got into it, I guess, because you said you've been doing it for 20 years and kind of uh, how you progressed and did you already have like a meditative practice before yoga or did that just kind of all come in as you started learning?
1: So um, I was working a job that had a gym at the job and so i would go in in the mornings and exercise to avoid traffic right didn't care for the commute and um they a guy started doing a kind of yoga based stretching class in the mornings a couple days a week and so that's really when i started doing it and then a couple years later that that uh that gym at work they brought in um, a certified yoga teacher. And she started teaching kind of a different style of yoga, maybe a little bit more active, more flow. Um, and that's, that was my first like real yoga class. But the guy who did the morning classes too, it was very yoga ish, um, very inspired by yoga. So that's really when I kind of, um, think I started and then I just enjoyed it. You know, when I left that job, I took classes at different places over the years. Um, Gems, you can get it at gems, you can get it at yoga studios. It just kind of varied. Um, the master plan community that I live in has a, a club that offers exercise classes. I took it over there for years. Um, so, currently, um, I started taking, I joined the Y about four or five years ago, and I was taking classes there um, from a num- number of different teachers. And I just happened to mention to one of the teachers, hey, you know, I like doing this. Um, I might want to do it one day as a, as a instructor. And she encouraged me to go and do that. And um, so I did. And, you know, I guess long story short, they hired me eventually. Um, and I just i have been teaching there for about two and a half years now.
0: That's awesome. So was there certifications you had to go through to do that?
1: Yeah, if you want to be a yoga teacher, you have to get a um, a yoga certification from a, you should get one from a studio that is certified um, with the um, Yoga Alliance, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the, I guess, the association that, that keeps up with yoga teachers and um, sets minimum standards for different kinds of training and stuff like that, so... Um, um, you know, yoga is kind of a thing where people do all different stuff. And so some people are, are like strongly in favor of yoga Alliance, others, not so much, but bottom line is if you want to teach, it's better to get, um, to register your certification through yoga Alliance. And, um, it just makes it easier to get jobs and things I think later on. So, um, And I'm actually in the middle of the process of doing that. You you didn't need to do that to work at the Y, but I'm thinking someday if I want to move on to a studio or something like that, that it would be helpful. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm working on that now. Is there, a
0: school? Is there a certain, is there a whole bunch of, I don't really know much about yoga. I'll tell you my yoga story. So uh, my wife, she decided several years ago when we still lived in Seattle, there was this, you know, kind of a little funky neighborhood place where you had your Starbucks and your cobblestone streets and all your little stores and everything, you know, it was kind of a uptown place. And they had this thing that popped up that I'd never heard of before. And it said hot yoga. And somehow she thought that would be a good idea to, to take, take me to hot yoga. Now, I've had spinal surgery and have uh, limited motion in a lot of, in a lot of ways um, with just my neck and even after the surgery, you know, and some, some, a plate, a little plate in there and some screws and just never really healed right. That's, that's a different story, but always a little bit, always in an element of pain. So she's like, oh, let's go do this hot yoga. I'm like, uh, I don't even know what that is, but okay. It sounded trendy. So this is like over 10 years ago. So we're like, what the hell, you know? So we go in there and, you know, and Susan's like so much lighter than me. And first of all, I'm seeing all these, pretty skinny people. This is my first impression of yoga. I'm seeing all these pretty skinny people uh, compared to where I am. And I do have weight to lose, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit, that was like, my first thought was like, and then it's hot as hell in there, you know, and so I'm, I'm thirsty as I'll get out. I'm laying down and I'm barely, try- <laughs> I'm barely trying to keep up with the one exercise without breaking my neck. And so I, I kind of I was already in the back of the room. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, Um, number one, I'm roasting hot. And I really couldn't do the exercises. It was kind of like, how much pain do you put yourself in?" (laughs) plus knowing that I had some some physical, you know, things to consider. But I just remember going like, I can't. It was like, Elizabeth is like, I didn't want to leave because for me to leave, I'd have to walk past everybody and Susan, she's doing the downward dog and she's, doing it. <laughs> everybody's like, you know, and the, the instructor's like, namaste, you know, and at the time I was pretty uptight spiritually. So the whole atmosphere was like, what in the hell have I gotten myself into, you know, I wasn't, um, for lack of a better word, I wasn't open at the time to anything I considered a little woo-woo. So (laughs) I was like, holy cow. So I just found a way. Finally, I couldn't take it. It was like too freaking hot for me. I'm telling you, I was just dying. (laughs) Don't put a really fat girl in a big hot room. It's just, (laughs) ask her to move her body in ways it doesn't want to go. So I finally gave up the ghost and I just kind of, very quietly said oh my god I can't take another minute <laughs> so I went out you know and waited for Susan and so that was like my first experience my first and only experience with true yoga and then I don't know if I went with you but I know I went with some of the other ladies that we know when we went to the um, place down there in Houston by the Greek restaurant where they do like uh, oh Discovery Green no 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 it's a little house where they do um kundalini
1: oh yeah no i didn't go i've never done kundalini and i really liked it uh it's a lot more uh kind of um uh
0: mental more on the spiritual end and a lot of gong music and this and that and chanting yeah um, uh-huh. I really really enjoyed that the first time and then when I went the second time it was a different instructor and you know I just thought that different instructors just like the first instructor kind of intuitively knew like as far as putting you in positions depending upon where you were physically that's what I noticed the difference and then but she was only feeling in for the main one and then like the second one you know they're all cool and everything but it was like more like here's how we do it and it's like There wasn't the same atmosphere to
1: be able to take a little bit longer,
0: or whatever. Yeah,
1: and I think that's one of the the interesting things about yoga is that the the breadth of experience, like how many different types of activities Mm -hmm. kind of fall under the this is yoga umbrella, is really really broad. And so um, there's something kind of I believe for everyone. Um, you know, there's classes that I go to where there are people who are all different sizes and weights, and people who are maybe not very physically fit. You know, and those classes are geared for people who, you know, want to move and stretch and, and, right. and have a little bit of activity, but at the same time, they're not looking to kill themselves either. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. That would be me. Yeah, you know. and then some classes are more um, physical, more like exercise. Some are. Um, Some teachers are more spiritual. Um, I actually um, have a very good friend. She's a Christian yoga teacher. And so she teaches, um, instead of using yoga sutra, she quotes Bible verses. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and so, but a lot of teachers. Uh, there was a guy who was taught in Houston for a, a long time. He he taught down at Discovery Green, like huge classes, like a hundred people. Um, and he would do the Yoga Sutras before each class. He would read one or two of those. So you know, like all the different. These are all completely different, you know, concepts of what. Yeah, you know, hot yoga. Like I'm not a fan of hot yoga, like you. Like being in room. Yeah, well, and it kind of depends, too. Like, back when you started it, like, hot yoga was hot, like 105 degrees. It was hot and, as hell, yeah. Yeah, nowadays, a lot of these hot yoga studios, hot is, like, 98 degrees. Oh, and no. warm is, you know, maybe, you know, 90 degrees. No. This was or, probably, yeah. this is probably
0: older than 10 years ago. This was quite yeah. a while ago. And, and it was in the hundreds. I know it was like, I cannot hang with this.
1: Yeah, and that, that's very warm. And the kind of people I see in those warm, warm and hot classes do tend to be pretty physically fit. They're going there for a workout. Uh, here I know. am with my spandex.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So, I'm to be seen. Yeah, I believe that it is healthier to warm up naturally as opposed to hot room, but you know, people, hot, people who like hot yoga, like hot yoga. So oh, sure. Yeah. You know that was just my say. one and only yeah. true yoga class
0: was me and my spandex. and Oh my God. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to be trendy for a day. And I was like, Oh hell no, I'm not going back mm. to that. So what is the, the sutras? Explain that to me a little so, bit. And some of our so listeners might not know either.
1: You know, yoga comes from, or at least the concept of yoga comes from India. And there's a, you know, India, and I'm not an expert on India by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want to put my forth, myself forth like that. But it's my understanding that in India, just like in America, there's all different sort of flavors of religion um, that come under kind of larger religious umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Um and um in a lot of um religious practices, there is some sort of asana, which is um um the movements that those are the poses in yoga, um, okay. or maybe there's meditation or breath work. There's a lot of different um aspects of yoga that is um more than just the physical movements. There's a lot of uh meditation and breathing and um um spiritual kind of elements um in yoga as well how to behave those kind of things um and the sutra is um it was written by a guy i mean there's a lot of you know discussion about like who actually wrote this stuff but essentially it's an old indian text that um describes like what is yoga and um and some of the philosophy around around it and it i think it consists of like 89 or 91. There's like different numbers. I don't remember the exact number. Uh, there's just little verses. And so the this, this sutra themselves are pretty short. Um, but then there's, um, they're typically come with commentary. So someone who, um, you know, uh, interprets what these uh, yoga sutra mean. So, um, but the this, this sutra are kind of what yoga in America is, um, I guess, to some degree more based on. I did this really, really interesting class. So I was really interested in this particular topic, like where did yoga really come from? And I did a class over at the Yoga Institute on this. And um, it was really interesting because the the, the concept of yoga in India is not really what we um, think of as yoga in the United States. And, And the the, the guy who did a lot of the presentations at the seminar I went to said you could really think of it as like a, a synonym, you know, like two words that, that sound the same but actually mean different things, that, that yoga in the United States is not really what they consider yoga in other countries, um, or at least in India in a more traditional fashion, and it was brought over, you know, to the United States early, like last century, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it just isn't It isn't, what we practice in the United States is not really technically mostly a deeply religious or spiritual practice. It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly physical movements with a little bit of breath work. And maybe there's a few, a little bit of chanting, you know, maybe some people are more spiritual, like the Kundalini people are, like super spiritual and mm-hmm. um they have um sort of a religious type practice as yeah. i understand it around it but um but most people that practice yoga have very little to know sort of spiritual and so like a yoga teacher like myself and like many yoga teachers we sort of focus more on the you know if you breathe you'll feel better you'll activate your parasympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. you'll reduce your stress and your the, the various processes in your body will function better. You'll feel better. You'll sleep better. Um, those kinds of things um, tends to be what I see more of the focus around.
0: That's interesting because as prob- it could just be from the the Christian box that I was in um, back then, but pretty much anybody I knew, if you were really religious, I don't really like that word, but for lack of a better word, it's like, oh, yoga is, you know, you're you're calling on something evil or you're repeating these things and this and that, you know. Um, and so I've had like this worldview where I've associated something spiritual with yoga that that I may or may not be okay with, but I'm really talking like Debbie from 10 or 15 years ago, you know, had this connotation. Um, and it's interesting what you said about the Kundalini because the the couple times I went, you know, I'm in tune with the spirit and stuff, but when it came to, like, they gave us certain things to chant or whatever and they were fairly generic, but then there was other things that were like kind of worshiping other deities or or cult. Like they had this big picture of the Swami guy or whatever who was, you know, and it became kind of, more structured than what I was comfortable with. I mean, but I was down with the breathing and the, the, the you know, like when you, when you breathe, I mean, I do that daily anyways. you know, just, uh, you know, meditate or, or breathe deep or whatever else. And it really does, you know, kind of like what you said, you, you can kind of quiet your mind, even as you're doing. The yoga, I think, yeah. was something like to that. When I'll we do first like
1: came on. short guided meditation sometimes in my class. You know, mm-hmm. lay down, breathe in. You're starting to feel warmer, more relaxed. Those kind of things. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's my understanding that Kundalini, like the there's like a guru there, and that yeah. person. Of the dispenser of um, spiritual and philosophical um, yeah. way of looking at things, and the the physical and breathing practice sort of supports that, and um, and so that's sort of like one I would say probably smaller set, smaller of people segment doing yoga. Yeah, most people don't. Don't really get into all that. So I, it's interesting that you said that because I've run into that too before. Like I did yoga for many years. It was basically just exercise. Yeah, and um, you know, like you go in and they're like, okay, we're gonna do hip openers today. You know, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I mean that kind of thing, and um. But the poses all had Indian names, which um, honestly, even though as a yoga teacher, if you told me the Indian name to get into the pose, I might be able to, but I probably could never say, like, I just, I don't have a good memory for, for that kind of thing. It. Yeah. The, they're long words like Uda, you know, Kata Patasana type. <laughs> so
0: what does a normal class look like for you? Did, so my you have class, a mixture of the
1: breathing? Yeah. And, I think you said meditation? I teach an all levels class. And okay. so typically, um, I like kind of a medium paced class. And so it's not, it's not just laying around stretching, although we do some of that. Um, we do some laying down, just breathing, but then we also move around and do exercises. I kind of, uh, mix, um, vinyasa flow, which is kind of where you move through a, a set of, um, poses that, that string together. Um, and that's called a vignette. It's a, it's a certain set of poses that you Mm -hmm. do. And there's, there's several variations, but I'll usually do a few rounds of those flows. And, um, I like to be a little bit creative. I'll throw in interesting things, um, here and there. Every class is different. Um, so I have sort of a complete class put together for each week for my classes. Um, I use essential oils in my practice. Okay. And so, yeah, I'll mix up essential oil for the month and um, I'll walk around to each student and put on their hands and, you know, they can breathe it in and that kind of starts the practice. And at the end, usually there's a a minute or two at least of of kind of laying down on your back.
0: Yeah,
1: Shavasana. That's called the corpse pose. I love that. (laughs)
0: Yes. That's the best part. (laughs) Just get a gong or uh, especially a gong and deep and just gong me out, like sound bath me out and I'm good to just lay there and see visions and have a good old time. I've done that several times before, not at yoga classes, but at different things that I don't even want to get up, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And well, and you know, I try to get everybody nice and calm at the end and then kind of get them on their feet before the next class comes in, which is a a lights on music blasting. Oh really? um, Yeah. But, um, but so I try to pace it to the middle. Um, but I'll give the, all through the classes, I'll be like, okay, if you can't do, you know, down dog, you may want to drop your knees and do this on your hands and knees. you know, I, I give sort of a constant stream of modifications, both up like and down. Yeah. Like if you want to do a little bit more, you might try grabbing your foot and extending further. Yeah. Um, and I, myself as a child, I took ballet lessons, oh, okay. like a lot of ballet lessons, like Um, people my age are not typically did not typically go to go to stuff like every day like the kids do now Um, but I did I I went through ballet lessons almost every day for many 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 years yeah so I'm flexible and I enjoy to say should I call you Gumby or (laughs) yeah. <laughs> i think i am fairly flexible for my for my age in particular mm-hmm. you know i go to these classes at um, at studios you'll go to classes and there'll be a lot of younger people there and they're pretty flexible because they grew up in dance lessons and stuff sure. but you know i'm 57 and so not that many people my age did that much i do. dance. i'm stuff. the same age as you so yeah.
0: so tell me so for for this podcast and we have so much more we could talk about what is would you put yoga know, cuz i know you said you're a mom and you know and you know i think your kids are older though probably like mine maybe uh mine's out of the house and <laughs> yeah, they're, right? they're you know have a uh you know a busy life is if you could do anything this isn't really one of my questions this is like a bonus question um If you didn't have to work, I guess we can move into our three questions. Like if you didn't have to work the corporate job and you could just make money doing what you love, what
1: would you be doing? Would it be yoga or would it be something else? Oh, no, I would definitely do yoga. Um, I would probably teach um, quite a bit more classes. I only teach one class a week now and I'd probably teach most days. Um, and maybe several classes a day. But I don't know, you know, lately, um, I got a repetitive motion um, injury in my elbow from just doing yoga every day, sometimes twice a day. Uh And um, so I started lifting weights recently. And I'm like, really like that I'd not have any idea how much I was gonna like that. Like, I love that. Yeah. So Um, so, you know, I'm open to kind of branching out to doing different things too. So I'm actually hoping like, I, I like my, my corporate job. Um, it's, you know, it's interesting work, but it can be very stressful too. But, um, so I'm not in any hurry to, to not do that anymore, but you know, the day will come, you know, when you're just going to have to move on. And at that time, I'd like to teach more yoya. You know, I'll be older, yeah. so I don't know how much I would be able to do. But there's a lot of really old people teaching yoga, too. <laughs> At the Y, where I teach, there's a whole lot more of a mixed class. The why that I teach is over there by West U. And so there is an older crowd there that comes. I, I have people in their 70s plus and a number of people like that in my classes, as well as all different ages, too. So
0: Do you, um, do, you do any chakra work while you're in there? or
1: no, I don't really know anything about that. Okay. So, um, I don't I even keep, know if it's going you know, to be. Go I come again. from a Christian tradition, and yeah, so, me too. Um, so I'm not really interested in sort of developing other um, religious practices uh, myself. It's, I mean, it's okay. Like other people want to do that, um, you know, that's their thing. But I'm always trying to be careful to kind of keep it just more, yeah. more. And, and so it's not objectionable the why is a christian organization although exactly. they don't they don't yeah. really care if you want to do more eastern stuff but i, I just don't know anything about that right yeah and, and i was just wondering um i think that's why the
0: kundalini yoga was i liked it but what i really liked was like the gong and the and if the chants were something that i knew what i was saying because they had a little interpretation there and i was down with that then I was okay because for me too, coming from a Christian background, it's like who am I speaking to and what am I, you know, saying? And I think that's why sometimes there's a hesitation because yoga can be connected with all of that. that yeah, I other think that's the
1: thing. Is it? Is it? I think it's important not to be so close-minded that you're right. like all stuff is bad and it's like well you know I it just means so many different things to so right. many and really the bulk of it um if you went to the classes you wouldn't find it objectionable in any way you know yeah. <laughs> there's really nothing at least um from a religious perspective like, right in, unless that's just kind of what you're looking for but but it's yeah. not that you wouldn't run across that too if you you went to class, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. certainly out there. It, it, there's a lot of people who go to India. One of yeah. my teachers wasn't me. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my teachers is is definitely not Christian. I'm not sure exactly. She she talked to me about about um, something one time, but but not. I just was kind of asking her what she did, and she just kind of mentioned it in passing. Um, but but um, so you know, and and there's just a lot of people who are um i don't know one of the the sort of older set of yoga tends to be more uh many people who are sort of more spiritually connected with the indian culture and indian mm-hmm. ways but then they also tend to be more sort of like less um less of it being a business that they're trying to make money off of right mm-hmm. and there's but there's a fair amount of that where nowadays it's just sort of a packaged um, experience that people come and they, they try, because the yoga studios can be quite expensive to, yeah. to have a monthly membership there too. So, you know, it's just, I guess it's just kind of, so, so I guess sort of philosophically from my perspective, I kind of like the, um, the everybody's just in this together type yeah. and now yeah, we do it because we love it as opposed to it being sort of a slick, um, commercial enterprise
0: yeah i think that people are looking for you know you had mentioned it you know breathing is really important i mean um it, it doesn't matter what your faith faith uh, persuasion is just deep breathing and getting quiet in your mind is is a really valuable tool, tool Yes, to very beneficial for very anybody good for you. yeah you know and i think that you know for the most part um People, they're looking for that. You know, they're looking, they're looking for that. So there are, there is a lot of stuff out there. Um, it doesn't mean that it's is all bad. You just have to use your discernment, you know, and what's
1: what, what feels it's right, what fits for you, right. And so that's yeah. that's where I'm at. I, I stay away from stuff that I'm not comfortable with. Um, a lot of my stuff, like the breath, the breathing thing in uh-huh. particular. I'm very focused on the breathing. And so, all through as we're moving, like I'm, I'm constantly, you know, put your foot here and breathe, and then put your right. foot there, and then breathe. And I just kind of keep that going through the whole class. Yeah. And breathing smooth and even and keeping it. Because otherwise, relaxed. I'll hold my yeah. breath
0: without even trying.
1: Yeah. And that's why I keep saying it is because people start moving and they focus on the movement and not their breath. And and I'll tell them, like, if you just lay here and breathe for an hour, you'll be in better shape than when you look. Because people just (laughs) don't. Just lay down and breathe. Relax (laughs) and breathe. Right. And if that's that's what you're up for today,
0: do that, right? Sometimes I just sit here in my chair and I'll light a candle and I'll just breathe. You know, and I just (laughs) breathe deeply, you know, in my nose and I'll just feel my lungs expand and I'll hold it. And then I'll just release it really slowly. I can never keep up with any guided meditation because I breathe slower than even the guided meditations. Me
1: too. So they're on I the in-breath it. and I'm still letting
0: out the last one, you know, I don't go, you know, I like.
1: I think sometimes the the, the, the the teachers, because I also, um, I do class pass. You know what that is? Uh-uh. Oh, that's, it's so much fun. It's this, it's this subscription where you pay a fee a month and you can take classes like all over the city. Oh, I think Susan was telling me about that. Yeah, probably because I'm always yakking on about how, how cool <laughs> I think it is. But um, it, it essentially, and so I have like an economics background too. So essentially, they're monetizing their excess capacity. And so like, let's say you have a yoga studio and you can fit eight people in there, but you're only getting four, yeah. right? So you, you put your extra classes out there on ClassPass, the, the, somebody comes in, like, when I want to sign up, I go to that class on ClassPass, they probably get paid less through ClassPass than they would, but, but they're filling up their studio as opposed to leaving that blank, right? Right. Uh, leaving that capacity open. So they're, you know, it's just a little better probably for their bottom line. Plus, like, if you go like you might like, like that service and want to go. So, um, so I take, uh, I'll go like all over the place and take yoga classes at all these different studios. Yeah. And I get exposed to all these different teachers. And now you can do things like different types of therapy, like cryotherapy and acupuncture. And, um, last week I went and got stretched. That was (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I've had cupping, which is awesome. I've okay. not tried that. So if, if, if somebody goes cupping on there, and so like, if you don't want to use your exercise points on actually exercising, you could go do something well, like that. Well, because Susan was
0: trying to to get me to do that. And I was like, is it all exercise issues? Yeah. I'm like, no, baby. You not a hundred
1: percent. Yeah. There's, there's, there's yeah. other things but they tend to be sort of health related, you is know, vitamin a, B shots or things like that. Right. Is that
0: just a Houston
1: thing? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So for I our think, listeners, what's it called again? class pass all right listeners so
0: can they just go to like class class or uh-huh like yeah that? you
1: can find up. let's see if I was more on top of this and more um I guess um inclined to to market myself I, I could like put my thing out there and then I could collect um yeah. referrals. Well, but I, I don't really know how to do all that and and I'm not Uh, interestingly enough all of these little money making type things that you could do multi-level marketing things like that they actually take quite a bit of work to oh yeah yeah and so uh, i find that between my my yoga my full-time job going to the gym one or two times every day and the commute that i just don't have time to do anything else
0: and you're married
1: so yeah so you know it's a full plate well let me
0: let me ask you a couple questions to wrap you up um let's see so If you could go anywhere, travel anywhere in the next year, where would you go?
1: Anywhere in the next year. So money's no object? Money's no object, yeah. You know, I've always wanted to go to Greece. That's been my my dream vacation for many years. So yeah, I probably would do that. Good, Good choice.
0: Second question, what would you tell... What would you like to go, if you could go back in time, what would you
1: tell your 21-year-old self? What would I tell my 21-year-old self? I would have st- let's see, 21. I guess I was still in college at 21, Um I don't know. You know, I'm one of these people that matured kind of slowly. (laughs) I had kind of a wild youth and Uh I went to, I did go to a nice college and I did graduate, but you know, um, there was a lot more drama around that. I had a boyfriend and there was drama around that. So um, I think I would see if I could find a way to find my center sooner, you know? Uh, maybe lay off um, some of the partying and, and focus more on on learning to be, ai don't know, I don't really want to say a responsible adult, but learning how to be happy sooner, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Final question. What is the dumbest thing you've
1: ever done? Oh, gosh, the list is so long. I
0: <laughs> The first one that comes to your mind.
1: The dumbest thing I've ever done. Oh, gosh, I can't even think. Um, the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know. I'm sorry. Nothing comes to mind. It, it's it's probably a long list. All right,
0: listeners. Elizabeth is perfect. She's never done anything dumb. Or uh, she, That can't be it'll, true. It'll come to you tonight. You'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll up, be like, oh.
1: Text me and so said, amazing. okay. So man all right
0: that's fair so what what uh off the wall question do you want to ask me to end the show
1: um, let me see so 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 tell me like what is the last really interesting thing that you did
0: the last interesting thing that I
1: did uh-huh
0: my dear everything I do is
1: interesting oh there uh-huh. you go the most interesting <laughs> thing you've done in the last week the
0: most interesting thing I have done in the last week okay that's a fair question um i gotta think for a second I think it was last night so I do these like intuitive sessions that are on my um, website where I just kind of talk about what I see in the spirit and I'll record it for them and write things down and do do a little research, look up synonyms to words, all different types of stuff. And I had a session last night and, um, the, the, uh, person I was meeting with asked me if they could do something different. Like just ask me questions, like kind of tell me what was on their mind. And I was like, I don't normally operate that way, but this is your time. You know, I'm game. Right. And it was really, um, really interesting because even over the the zoom chat i could really just kind of energetically just kind of feel them you know and as a christian you know we you can walk into a room and feel certain things and discern what's going on and it was really interesting to feel this kind of energy like physically across the, across the zoom. And as they asked me questions, I said, you know, if I hear something, I'll tell you, but you know, this is like so far outside of my norm. So it really stretched me, but it ended up being this really beautiful um, exchange of the more that we talked, then this just kind of revelation, you know, just opened up and really um, opened up this this dialogue that was going back and forth where you almost knew what the other person was going to say before you said it. So it was very, um, very healing for them. Very, it gave them a lot of uh, food for thought. So that was pretty interesting. And that was just last night because it was, it's like, if you do, you do yoga, right? So you have a thing in your mind of this is how I teach. This is mm-hmm. This is what I have to offer. And this person like stretched me way out of how I normally uh, do it, um, and and so it was really, really, really interesting. And I sat back and I went, you know, I could, I could kind of see uh, doing that. It's not like you're counseling. It's more like you're using your intuition and your your wisdom and your discernment to answer a question and then it's 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 or to give insight into a question and then it's really for that person to decide does that resonate with them you know does that not so it it was really really um really really interesting but it was good so that's probably the most interesting thing i've done in the last week because it was so different from the other sessions that i normally do that's
1: cool I did actually think about the dumb thing while also. Okay, what is it? Hit me up. I think the reason why that it doesn't come to mind like that is because I really spend a lot of time trying to view all of the experiences I've had in life as something that I learned from. Yeah. So it's like, I've, there's certainly like mistakes. Like I make mistakes all the time. I, and, you know, maybe some of them are done. But I try not to like characterize it in that oh, way. Oh, I like, got you. And I was saying it very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That I, I think that's, that's that's part of it is it is that they're just, I, I try not to view life in that way, right? Yeah. I don't view it yeah. as failure
0: either. I, I view it as learning. But if I think back on my teenage years, I did some dumb stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah me too. <laughs> Usually probably things associated with my mouth, you know, popping off on stuff. Yeah. Okay, so tell us your learning opportunity, whatever. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, I, I, you know, my parents were always telling me this as growing up. Like, maybe you should just like, like, why do you have to like argue? You know, like, why do you have to, to um, do that? So I guess one time I did kind of pop off to the principal at, at school. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the short version of that story is I ended up going to another school <laughs> oh you really popped off on the principal I really popped off. well it got bad like the 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 guy um really had a problem with me and he started sort of stalking me like following Ew. me. The like principal? That. yeah well the vice principal at this that's, at the school that's creepy so, yeah it was it was kind of creepy and it was just it was sort of a control thing with him you know like I wasn't I was mouthy and he didn't like that. And so he just, I'm not sure exactly, but I don't know. My mother went in to talk to them and the principal made her cry and she pulled me out of that school and put me in another one. So she did not appreciate the way that they were treating her either. Right. So. Sounds like it was a good plan. Yeah, it was probably a good plan to leave anyway. So, okay. So I have a second question for you. So what animal do you identify with the most? What animal do I identify with the most?
0: um a unicorn why is that well for one it's my logo but no um oh <laughs> I identify with a unicorn the most because um like the flying kind you know because um they have a lot of wisdom and a lot of magic around them and they're they're mysterious And I can be mysterious, like I'm, I'm out there, but people can't figure me out all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I find, find hysterical. And it's like, when I think of a uniform, I think of some, uh, just this magical creature that can kind of go anywhere they want. Um, you know, you think about a horse and the body of the horse to get there, you know, it's like, if you ever looked in a horse's eyes and you just see all that wisdom,
1: Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you kind of yeah like, huh? Intelligent. Very intelligent. And yet there's there's a connection and you know, and, and like a unicorn, it can also fly. Because I almost said between a bear and an eagle, I had three different things going on. So I would say for this season, I am a unicorn.
1: because Good for
0: you. I'm magical and I can fly when I need to and um you know, very creative and everything. But I definitely have the grizzly bear in me. Just that protective mama bear, uh, protective thing. And then I definitely have the eagle in me. Are you still there?
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: It, it, it's going
1: into low power mode. Oh yeah. Well, I guess,
0: we're, I guess we're done, but we could talk more. That was fun. Um, I hope you had fun and thanks for giving me all your time on a Friday night.
1: Oh, that was fun. I didn't know what to expect. So that's my first experience. It, it was, was awesome. Fun. You made it very natural. So oh, yeah. You. Well, that's the whole point. I hope we uh,
0: have more conversations offline because I I had so many more questions. We could keep talking. But so much for my 30 minutes. But you know what? I, I planned for 30, but they're going to be what they are. So <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Thanks for being on the show, and
1: I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. bye right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks
0: for listening to this episode of the Authentic Deb Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and connect with me at AuthenticDeb.com. There you can book a session with me and request to be a guest on the show. So until next time, this is Authentic Deb signing out. And remember, be you because being you is enough.